0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is at the Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 111. Please be sure to follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews would be greatly appreciated. This week going to be diving into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It'll just be me be breaking down the four-game slate The divisional round looks like it could definitely be an interesting one. Obviously, Wild Card Weekend was pretty interesting with a number of underdogs winning. But always a big fan of Wild Card Weekend. You know, It's always nice to have some meaningful games and not just regular season games as a fan of the sport. So definitely love some playoff football. But we're going to dive into this slate and hopefully win some money. Because last week, I definitely didn't. I I said I was going to play a lot of that six-game slate, and I did. And I think that game... Buffalo game moving to Monday, that that kind of threw a little wrench in things and just wasn't a great week overall, but I, I think we could do a little bit better in this one, have some nice matchups, and, and maybe some ways we can attack this to get a little bit different here, but if we dive right into the first game, we have Houston at Baltimore, 44.5 is the total here, Baltimore obviously had the first round by, and they are 9.5 point favorites here, so... Oddsmaker's not giving Houston a great chance. Obviously, they were underdogs last week as as well at home, but this just seems like it's a totally different animal. I, I do expect Baltimore to roll here. Stroud has obviously had an all-time rookie season and just looked great and proven me wrong anytime I've doubted him. But I don't know. This this one's a little bit scary. Baltimore is allowed a league low five point seven yards per pass attempt and the third least points to quarterbacks this season. And at home, I I just I really see them coming out here and and dominating Houston. Now, with that being said, I'll probably still have a couple Stroud lineups. Six thousand seven hundred isn't a terrible price for him. Really, you probably just want to pair him with Nico Collins, 7,100, and, and Schultz, but maybe Noah Brown's back in this one, so it gives you a little bit more options. I do think Singletary's in play here. Hasn't really looked great the past couple weeks, but 5,700, still involved enough there that I, I think you could go there. But for the most part, probably not going to be playing much of the, of this Houston side, I am interested in some Lamar stacks. It, it is a little bit easier to throw the ball on Houston than it is to run the ball. So I, I could see Lamar getting there early. $7,900 is, is his price. It looks like Andrews could actually be back and practicing fully. So that's definitely something we want to monitor. I will definitely be playing him in a, in a ton of lineups with Lamar. I think you could just play the two of them if you wanted and be on your way in this game. But if for some reason he can't go... You know he's five thousand Andrews and and likely's four thousand seven hundred. So it's an easy pivot first game of the weekend here. If you want to go there, I do like pairing him with Odell. I I do think that Odell gets a little bit more of a snap share in in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. 4,600 is a pretty good price for him. I like Flowers as well at only five thousand six hundred. So. There's definitely some options here in, in this game, probably going to stay away from Bateman just because, you know, he sucks, but I, I do like some Lamar with Odell stacks and, and and also Andrews. If I'm playing the running backs, I could see if they get up, you know, relying on Gus Edwards, and obviously he has the opportunity to score multiple touchdowns. We've seen it this year, but I do think if you think Houston can can keep this a little bit close, we've seen Justice Hill be pretty productive here towards the end of the season. So 4800 I don't think is a bad price for him. And if he gets some usage in the passing game or, or maybe even some goal line work, that could work out. And maybe a really sneaky showdown play could be Dalvin Cook. I mean, they elevated him. They signed him. He should have fresh legs, obviously didn't look good while he was with the Jets, but they also didn't use him much, and, you know, we, we've seen dusty-ass running backs go to the Ravens before, a la Melvin Gordon and, and Le'Veon Bell, and they've just magically looked good, so maybe just the Ravens have a fountain of youth here, and, and Dalvin Cook could actually come out, and even if he scores you a touchdown in, in a showdown lineup at only 4000 4, well, actually, that's his price for the full slate, probably not the showdown, but... He can't be much, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I haven't looked at the price, but just from a game theory standpoint, I, th- I think it could make some sense in some larger field stuff, maybe sprinkle him in there. But for the most part, definitely going to be playing a lot of Lamar, Andrew Stacks, and and a little bit of Odell. I do expect Lamar to be pretty popular. As far as popularity on, on this one goes, though, it's probably going to be Purdy is is the highest-owned quarterback, followed by Goff and I'd say Lamar is a close third. So, I mean, if he's not going to be the highest owned, uh, I'm fine going plenty of Lamar. And you know, coming off of what should be an MVP regular season, uh, I think he could roll in this one against the team that you want to pass against. So, that's where I'm leaning in this one. Obviously, nine and a half point favorites at home. It, you you could overstack. The Baltimore side here and even if you wanted to play a Lamar stack and then maybe Gus Edwards as well and say in, in garbage time Gus Edwards is, is cleaning up or, or possibly even Dalvin Cook I guess I, I think that could make some sense next we have Green Bay at San Francisco 50 and a half is the total in this one highest total on the slate San Francisco has the highest implied team total at 30 points, and they are also 9.5-point favorites at home. So this one I I do like San Francisco quite a bit. Obviously not going to be alone. As I just said, I do think Purdy will be the highest-owned quarterback on the slate. Only 6,500 for him. Have a plethora of very talented receivers and and McCaffrey that you could pair them with. And I I think they're all in play. (coughs) Excuse me. But as far as McCaffrey goes, he's probably going to be 50% owned in in most of these contests. 8,800 though is very expensive. And I do think it will affect your lineups in this one. Cause there's not really a ton of value. Definitely not as much as we saw last week on this slate. There are some ways you can get there, but I'm I'm definitely gonna play some McCaffrey because obviously he's McCaffrey, but I don't know if I'm gonna match the field. I'll probably be a little underweight, maybe somewhere between thirty and forty percent on him. And I I like the Purdy stacks a little bit more. I love Debo seven thousand seven hundred. I do think that he actually comes in pretty low owned because of the price tag there. Ayuk has actually been the more productive one of, of the two of them. So 6900 for him, I, I think people will probably go there, and I have no problem with either one of them. Kittle will probably be the highest-owned tight end, $5,200. has not looked great lately, but we do know that in a one-game sample, he can absolutely blow up. So going to be playing a lot of Purdy stacks with, with a lot of iterations of of those different guys in there. And, I mean, I don't really necessarily think that I love Debo and McCaffrey, But if you wanted to just take McCaffrey and Ayuk or McCaffrey and Kittle and and that's your San Francisco exposure, I think that's fine as well. Now, being 9.5-point underdogs, Green Bay, not really expected to do much in this game. But San Francisco has been susceptible through the air. So I I do think Jordan Love stacks are definitely still in play here, 6,200. The issue is, just with these guys now getting back to healthy, there's way too many options. So it's really hard to decide who to pair him with. Obviously, last week, the the guy was Dobbs. You know, Dallas just decided not to cover him at all. He was open all game long, had a monster game. But I don't see people chasing that. So if you want to go back to him, I guess it makes sense. 5,600, probably still going to be pretty low-owned. Reed... Absolutely let everybody down. Total dud last week, but I could still see him being the most popular wide receiver from from Green Bay. At only 5,200, I'm fine going back to him. Wicks has been very productive recently, 4,900. We know Watson's big play upside, 4,200. So if you are playing love stacks, I mean, you either just got to plant your flag and, and just say, these are the guys I'm playing with him, or allocate a lot of lineups to try and differentiate yourself and try and get it right because there are so many options. Because even at tight end, I mean, we saw Musgrave come back and score the the touchdown last week, but Kraft was still involved, had a a red zone target also himself. So it's pretty difficult. So really the answer might just be go back to Aaron Jones, 6,700. Looks like Dylan's going to miss again. And I don't think people are going to chase that that huge game that Jones had. Obviously, you're a little more worried about San Francisco defending the run than you are the pass, but he could be used in the passing game as well. So I, I do think Jones and Reed would be, be my two favorite bringbacks if I was going to go on the Green Bay side. But similar to the case I, I just made about Baltimore, as as huge favorites at home, I mean... These two teams are, are are the favorites to go to the Super Bowl for a reason. So if, if you wanted to just overstack San Francisco and just not even touch Green Bay, I think that actually can make quite a bit of sense as well. Next, we have Tampa Bay at Detroit. This one I think could be interesting. Detroit six-and-a-half point favorites at home. 48-and-a-half is the, the over-under. I could see Tampa coming out here and and keeping this game close and then being productive. But at the same time, I could see Detroit just coming out here and curb stomping him. I I just, Baker, I, I do think that he can carve up this Detroit defense just because of how bad the secondary is and, you know, has the weapons with Evans and Godwin, and you can even pair him with Otten. I do think Trey Palmer will be An interesting play from from a standpoint of he's probably going to be pretty popular because as I said there's not a lot of value on the slate so 3,500 for him I I do think people will go there but I'm fine with Baker to Evans or just Baker to Godwin and if you want to throw a a cheap Otten in there to fill out your tight end spot I, I think it makes sense but Rashad White's also in play, 6,500. He's used in the passing game as well. You can't really run on Detroit, so definitely want to want to focus on the passing side of this Tampa Bay team more than, than just going with Rashad White and hoping that he gets there on the ground. But as I said, I could see Detroit just coming out here and stomping Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has not played really Any good teams in in about a month. You know, they they finished with the Saints and beat the crap out of them. And the Saints looked like they were already packing it in for the season. Then they almost lost to Carolina, barely scored any points there. And Philly clearly was completely checked out last week. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, they have momentum on their side, but they haven't played any good games. And let's be serious. they're, They're not the best team themselves so I I could see Detroit coming out here and and just making a statement with that being said Tampa Bay will blitz the shit out of Goff so there is the possibility that we see one of those Goff games where he just looks like shit but at home he has played so much better so 6,300 for him I think is pretty cheap obviously you want to pair him with Amon Ra who looks to be the best wide receiver play on the slate and will be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, but 8,200 for him with the role he has and the upside he has. I definitely think you want to get a good amount of him in your lineups. I do think Reynolds after the week he had at only 3,700 people will chase that because you're going to need the value. Jameson Williams has some pretty high big play upside. So 3,600, same thing, probably be pretty popular. In all seriousness, I could see these three Lions wide receivers being the three highest owned on the slate. But I, I do think you can definitely make a case to go there. Tampa is not good against the pass, and and basically you cannot run on them, period. So Detroit likely does have to come out here and throw quite a bit. So golf stack's definitely in play. Obviously you could throw Laporta back in there. Made it through the game last week, so should be healthier one week more removed from that injury. I do like Gibbs, 6,600, but Montgomery against this Tampa defense, probably not a good idea, and for that reason, maybe DFS-wise, it's a great idea because nobody's going to play him. So you get him at a very low ownership if he ends up somehow scoring two touchdowns he could be that sneaky piece that gets you over the top on a small slate, but if you wanted to get a little bit more exposure to the other games and just take some pieces from this one, I th- I think if you wanted to go Amon Ra with a Evans bring back or a White bring back or Godwin as a skinny stack, I think that could actually make quite a bit of sense in this one, and then you can get a a bunch of exposure to the other games. So. Just some things to keep in mind, but definitely like stacks the best, and I'm not afraid to to bring it back with one or even two of Tampa Bay, because I I do think that this game could be a little bit high-scoring, and even if Detroit gets out to a lead, obviously Tampa would have to throw quite a bit to try and get back in the game, so I could see that being a scenario as well, is the final score of this game being a little bit closer than what the actual game is and, and being a little bit high-scoring. So that's the way I'm going to attack this one. Next is is the game I am by far the most excited for, and probably most people are, Kansas City at Buffalo. Obviously, we have seen these two teams and these two quarterbacks in some epic battles throughout their, their career so far. But Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 45-and-a-half is the total here. As excited I am to see this game, partially because of the Buffalo Super Bowl futures that I have, I don't know how much I really want to target this game for DFS. I could see it being a little bit slower paced and, and not really the shootouts that we're used to between these two games. But there's definitely still some usable pieces here. I honestly... I'm considering fading Mahomes. And it sounds even worse when I say that out loud. But just on the road in Buffalo, as I said, I, I could see both teams coming out here and trying to run the ball quite a bit. And as far as Mahomes goes, I mean, you, obviously you could pair him with Rice, who's looked very good, and, and I do like Rice quite a bit here, or, or Kelsey. But I'd probably just rather play one of the two of them instead of playing them with Mahomes and and just hope that you get all of Mahomes' production out of one of those two guys. I don't want to take a chance and and throw a dart at one of these receivers. As I said with Green Bay, there's just so many of them, it's so hard to get it right. And let's be serious, they have sucked all year long, so who who are you going to play? I mean, MVS is terrible. Justin Watson had one good game. Sky Moore is supposed to be coming back, but he hasn't been good. Mecole Hardman just isn't very good himself. So for me, it's probably Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey on on the Kansas City side, And, and they're the only ones I'm really considering. I do believe that Pacheco will probably be the second highest owned running back behind McCaffrey but I'm fine going there. And I, I do think that you can run on Buffalo and I think they're going to give him the ball quite a bit. So that's what I'm thinking about for Kansas city. I'm, I'm fine going with Josh Allen stacks. Now, as far as that goes, it, it gets a little bit tricky because maybe you just play him naked and on a small slate. Generally you want the correlation, but Diggs has been terrible. I mean, you could definitely make a case that, that, Diggs is a great play on this slate because in in a short slate, you want guys that nobody's really going to, and I, I really don't think anybody is, is getting excited to play Diggs after what we've seen over the past six to eight weeks. So he should be very low-owned or lower-owned for a f- four-game slate at least. So th- that could be an interesting stack if you wanted to go there. Still got to see if Gabe Davis is, is going to be back. I'm leaning towards no. So Khalil Shakir, probably pretty popular, 3,800. That touchdown last week was ridiculous, and, and I do think people probably try to save some money with, with, with him. And we've seen this Buffalo offense just, you know, they, they've changed quite a bit, and I could see a lot of twelve personnel again with Kincaid and Knox on the on the field, and they could be used in the red zone like they were last week. So I think if you wanted to go Allen and, and pair him with one of those two, I think it's fine. Knox at only three thousand, obviously you're you're basically hoping for what you got last week, which is a touchdown, because he doesn't provide much more upside other than that. Kincaid probably catch you a little bit more passes, but probably Allen digs. You could even go Allen Diggs and Shakir or Allen Diggs and one of these tight ends. But I like James Cook quite a bit. You know, they they've been relying on the running game. He hasn't been as good recently, but I could see against this Kansas City defense them coming out run heavy and, and him having a pretty good game here. A skinny stack you could possibly go with in this one could be just Pacheco and Cook and, and just maybe play one of the defenses in this game and, and just hope that they run out and and run the ball quite a bit here and, and the clock ticks and you get the bulk of the production from this game from the two running backs. So just some things to keep in mind, but that's really it for the four game slate. I, I do think that my favorite stacks are going to be Lamar stacks going to play a bunch of Purdy. Just I, I, I do think those two teams absolutely roll and, the sneaky one is probably, eh, it's probably not even that sneaky, but that, that Tampa Bay-Detroit game, There, there's a lot of good pieces and ways you can go there too. But it should be an interesting week, and I, I'm pretty excited for it. Love playoff football, but we're going to be diving into the PGA slates pretty soon. Probably not next week. I, I think I've decided I'm going to go with Pebble Beach, the first elevated event of the year. As far as that goes, but we'll, we'll be back to break down the AFC championship next week. Maybe even go a little bit early next week and, and just have a couple thoughts about maybe Torrey Pines possibly. If not, I'll definitely have the newsletter out for Tory Pines. Didn't do anything this week. Just the Amex is not one of my favorite tournaments, a lot of variants and, and, and just a weird one overall, but as always, thank you for listening. Greatly appreciated. Check out the newsletter. I will I will definitely have everything out next week for Tory Pines and that. And check out yardsperfantasy.com, thehelmsports.com. Sign up for the com. obviously destroying over there. But that's going to do it for this week. As always, thank you for listening and remember, Stefan out there.